The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Here to set you free. How you doing? I'm Leslie Marshall. Good afternoon. Welcome, welcome back. Only true democracy in talk here on the only True Democracy and Talk, the Leslie Marshall Show. You can hear us live. You can hear us delayed. You can hear us worldwide. We're good to have you uh, with us today. We've got a great guest joining us a little bit later from Crooks and Liars. Talk media news coming up later in the hour. But right now, let's check a little thing we like to call ripped from the headlines. President Trump is ending a tumultuous summer with his approval rating slipping back from a July high as Americans expressed widespread concern about the trade war with China and a majority of voters now expect a recession within the next year. Now, that's according to a new Washington Post ABC News poll. The survey highlights how one of Trump's central arguments for re-election, the strong U.S. economy, is beginning to show signs of potential turmoil as voters express fears that the escalating trade dispute with China will end up raising the price of goods for U.S. consumers. I just want to say that I'm not an economist, but top economists said that with that new tax deal, if you remember, it was good in the beginning, especially for the rich, maybe even some middle class and lower income. However, what happened? What happened? It starts to trickle down. We remember the Reagan years trickle down economics. It starts to trickle down. And then in addition to that, what happens is something you receive now up front, you're going to be paying for later. So you're not really receiving anything. If you get $20 from me today, but I make you pay me $10 for three or four months later in the year, you're actually not coming out ahead. And that's kind of the simplification what this would be without all that's going on with China. Then when you add that into the mix, well, economists said that there was going to be in fear to slow down before. Now, because of China, they do fear a recession. Trump's approval rating among voting age Americans stands at 38 percent, down from 44 percent in early July, but similar to 39 percent in April. 56 percent now saying they disapprove of his performance in office among registered voters. 40 percent say they approve of Trump. 55 percent disapprove. I'm still wondering. How do 44% approve? Isn't that high? I mean, there's only an 11-point difference between those who approve and disapprove. So the country is still nearly in a dead heat divided over the sky. I don't get it. Concerns over the economy, specifically Trump's handling of trade negotiations with China, have become a drag on the president's public standing, particularly with women. You think? The fact he thinks climate change is a hoax. The, The fact he wants to repeal and replace Obamacare. Take money away from the military to put a wall on the border, even though we know that illegal immigration by the thousands has been decreasing month by month. And he wants to have a sit down with the Taliban who bombed and took credit for a bombing in Afghanistan just a few days ago and who now is threatening Americans because he has reversed his position on sitting down with the Taliban. Calls friends, people like Boris Yeltsin and North Korea's leader uh, Lil' Kim. And I mean, the, the, the bottom line is, and not to mention the, the cray cray, Alabama with not a cray crayon, but with a marker, a Sharpie, please, why are we only 11%? Why? Okay. Now, uh, the post-ABC poll finds that Trump's economic approval rating also has declined from 51% in early July to 46%. That's the only place he should be high because the economy was and is still doing well. And it's temporary. And that doesn't mean Democrats are hoping for a recession. Are you nuts? None of us want a recession. 
We just see the writing on the wall. In the new uh, survey, that's 46% uh, who are approving. But 47% disapproving. But his relatively positive standing on the economy continues to buoy his reputation and public criticism on other issues, other issues that I mentioned, climate change, immigration, uh, the cray-cray, not to mention the embarrassment on nearly a daily basis on the international stage. In the July survey, the economy was the sole issue on which Trump received positive numbers. More than half of all Americans do disapprove of his handling on immigration, health care, two of which I named, climate change, another that I ma- named, Gun violence is one I forgot to put there. That's very important and obviously something that he has not really cared about and is in bed with the NRA on. Trump's handling of trade negotiations with China is a particularly weak spot. 35% in the new poll approving of him. Uh, 56 disapproving. Those are more numbers that I would expect to see. A 56% majority uh, of Americans rate the economy as excellent or good. That figures down from 65%. But get this. 56% of Americans rate the economy as excellent, but 56% rate his handling of China bad. Very interesting. A separate question finds 6 and 10 that say a recession is either very likely or somewhat likely in the next year. You're not alone, economists saying that. That fear compares with 69% who said a recession was likely in fall 2007, shortly before the recession began later that year. Separate national surveys by the University of Michigan and the conference board found consumer confidence fell in August, driven by lowered expectations for the economy's future. But as with the post-ABC poll, ratings of the economy remain positive. The post-ABC poll finds 43% of Americans say Trump's trade and economic policies have increased the chance of a recession in the next year. That's more than double the 16% who say his policies have decreased that likelihood, the likelihood of a recession. Another 34% say his policies have not made a difference. But many worry about a personal financial cost of the trade war. Six in 10 say they're concerned about the current dispute with China that will raise the price of things their family buys, including one-third who are very concerned about this. And while Americans have increasingly viewed the economy through a partisan lens, Democrats and Republicans disagree more about the current strength of the economy than at any point in more than a decade. Nine in 10 Republicans say the economy is excellent or in good shape. 33% of Democrats. The 57% uh, point partisan gap, that's far larger, by the way. That's a far larger partisan gap than any seen previously during the Trump administration or even during the Obama administration. Uh, The largest divide was 43 percentage points. So still, along party lines, among political independents, ratings for both the economy and Trump, they've sagged. Slight 52% majority currently rate the economy positively. That's down from 66% in November. Six in 10 think a recession is likely in the next year. And we're going to see that affect the next poll, I would imagine. Independent split on Trump's economic stewardship, 46% approving, 46% disapproving. A backward slide from July. His approval had outpaced disapproval by 12 points then. Nearly six in 10 independents disapprove of Trump's handling of trade negotiations with China. And a similar share of concerns about the trade dispute raising prices for things that families buy. So trade in China are helping us go toward a recession, which sadly is helping Democrats with a better chance for reelection. Otherwise, it honestly was looking like Trump nearly had it in the bag, folks. Trump's overall approval rating among independents is deeply underwater, 36% approving of his job performance, 58% disapproving, and that compares with a narrower negative split of 43% approval to 54% disapproval two months ago. And the poll finds a persistent and large gender gap in views of Trump. Women, well, they give him some of the lowest approval ratings and express elevated concern about the economy. 
Only 30% of women approve of his job performance, 64% disapproving men. They're more evenly split along uh, uh, party lines, 47-47 there. And um, nearly two-thirds of men say the economy is good or excellent, compared with just under half of women. There's little gender gap and concerns about a recession. 57% of men, 62% of women say likely. And sizable shares of his core supporters say they're worried about price increases, even as supporters, because of tariffs. 55% of whites without college degrees, 54% of people living in rural areas, 45% of evangelical Protestants. Those concern rises to about 6 in 10 in political independence and people living in the suburbs. Those are two key swing voting groups. And a trend that has persisted throughout his administration, it receives some of his lowest marks from minorities. Non-whites as a whole, 21% approve of his performance. That means 71% disapprove. His approval rating among whites, 48%, 47% disapprove. Let's hear from another. Uh, back in 2014, soon after acquiring a golf resort in Scotland, Donald J. Trump then entered a partnership, not president then, with a struggling local airport there to increase air traffic and boost tourism in the region. The next year, he began running for president. The Pentagon decided to ramp up its use of the same airport to refuel Air Force flights and gave the local airport authority the job of helping to find accommodations for flight crews who had to remain overnight. Um, And uh, then, uh, you know, we've been hearing about this, that Trump had to deal with Scotland Airport that sent flight crews to his resort. Apparently that has been happening since uh, before he was president. Uh, that's what's ripped from the headlines. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we'll talk more with you right here on The Only True Democracy in Talk. I'm Leslie Marshall. Leslie Marshall. Real people. Real life. Real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Back, Leslie Marshall here. He's back as well. John Amato. John is founder of CrooksAndLiars.com. They're an award-winning site for progressive news and media criticism. They started in 2004. CrooksAndLiars.com was the first website to feature audio and video online, revolutionizing how political news is consumed and distributed on the internet. And look how many people copied them, right? Well, thanks for joining us, John. Good to have you back on the show. Good afternoon. Hey, Leslie. Thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you. Uh, and, and good to have you with us. Um, President Trump tweeted that he has asked National Security Advisor John Bolton to resign. He said, quote, I disagreed strongly with many of his suggestions, as did others in the administration, and therefore I asked John for his resignation, which was given to me this morning. I thank John very much for his service. Now, there are those saying um, Bolton tweeted that he offered Trump his resignation on uh, last night, a Monday night, as opposed to it seems like today he got the boot. And that the president said they would discuss it tomorrow, yesterday, you know, after he gave his resignation last night. The president says we'll discuss it tomorrow being today. If Trump did not notify Bolton of his decision, well, it would mark yet another instance of why a high-ranking administration official has been fired uh, via tweet. Let's talk about this. Th- this is a big deal, right? I mean, Bolton was one that, to me, had really a brown nose with Trump, one of his most hawkish foreign policy advisors, a key player in the maximum pressure campaign against Iran. Also, he had hardline views on U.S. policy toward Venezuela, North Korea. Critics often complained to Trump 
that uh, Bolton would drag him into an unwanted war. What's changed? Do you think that behind closed doors, Bolton said sit down with the Taliban and, and, and Trump feels like there's egg on his face for that? What, what, what's changed here? Even people who are loyal to him are, are getting the boot. I know it's it's really first of all it's it's horrible for the United States of America as a country. Again, the country's embarrassed by an impulsive narcissist who uh, just just can't help himself. I mean, in today's uh, presser with P- Pompeo and, and Nuchin, I mean, when a reporter asked him about it, you know, his Secretary of State started laughing about it and saying like nothing surprises me because because Bolton was supposed to be in this briefing. I mean, it's not a joke. You can't play musical chairs with our national security. And what I CNN um, just had a reporter on, and what they're saying is what really tipped uh, Trump over the edge was that um, in the last few weeks. Trump wanted somebody to go on the Sunday talk shows to defend his policies, and I guess he, he wanted Bolton to do it, and Bolton did not do it. So that supposedly sent him into a rage, which, which then, after this moronic uh, uh, Taliban, bringing the Taliban to Camp David on the anniversary of 9-11, I imagine they had a little stronger words, and uh, Trump was just too cowardly to actually fire him to his face directly, and so... Ergo, and you tweet, and now we have a Twitter battle between John Bolton and Donald Trump. Welcome to Trump land. Uh, exactly. What, what's Secretary of State Mike Pompeo going to do? I mean, Bolton and he kind of, you know, were in lockstep together. Right. Well, he also, I, I mean, look, uh, John Bolton is another Fox News personality that, that Trump hired. And, and Bolton has a history of being, as you well know, um, you know, super aggressive, super hawkish, and, and basically just breaks everything in his path. He, in a path, he doesn't really care about feelings or mincing words. And you would think, you know, that that's in lockstep with what Trump does. So he liked his his TV persona, and he knew what he was getting when he showed up. But again, is this? There's this sort of mafia-esque type of loyalty standard that Trump has for his employees. It doesn't really matter who it is. And if they're not bending the knee and, and issuing the proper, uh, you know, the, the proper worship of him, he can't handle that. The fact that, that Bolton, if, if the CNN report is true, and, and, and I do, you know, they are not the enemy of the people. The reporting is usually really good. Then I can see him not going on national TV to defend Trump. That would be the ultimate insult to Donald Trump, and he can't have that. Uh, you know, I, I, I just don't understand with all that's going on, even if you don't agree with somebody, why would you make – catastrophic changes, if you will, during catastrophic times. I mean, uh, quite, quite frankly, it's a crap show with Iran, a crap show with Afghanistan. Um, you, you, you also need people like this, uh, you know, with, with regard to uh, dealing with even like the Commonwealth uh, of Puerto Rico and, and with issues like uh, hurricanes. Is, is this really a, a poor decision and poor timing as much as many of us are happy Bolton's out? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in one hand, you have the administration officials and, and from their comms department, and even Mike Pompeo say, you know, I, I work with the president. He loves having opposing ideas, right? He gets all different kinds of ideas so that, that he can make the best possible and the only real 
good decision for America. And then, like, you know, 10 seconds later, they're saying, well, they just agreed on, disagreed on too many topics, so he's got to go. None of it makes any sense if you're actually trying to be a person trying to, to go through the weeds and understand Trump's thinking on this thing. Um, this is his fourth. <laughs> his fourth and three, you know, national security advisor. What? I mean, it's it's never happened in American history before. Yeah, I was wondering that. I I'm sorry. I I guess I keep forgetting. You're right. It's number four. <laughs> it, it, it is totally number four. Um, you know, some people say reading between the lines. There are even people out there, approximately you know, seven sources, more than half a dozen, who've discussed Bolton with Trump. Um, Jonathan Swan of Axios was told in the summer back in July that the president said having Bolton on his team improves his bargaining position and gives him a psychological advantage over foes like Iran and North Korea because they all know he's a hawk with them. We'll be back to get your take on that. John and yours as well, America. 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. More in a moment. John Bolton just texted me. Just now he's watching. Can you and read it? He, yeah, he said, uh, let's be clear, I resigned. And I said, do you mind if I say that while you were talking? And he wrote, yes. So John Bolton has just told me, texted me, to said, I resigned. What? That was Brian Kilmeade from Fox and Friends on Fox News Channel, where, full disclosure, I'm a Fox News contributor. They don't pay me on my radio show to do anything. Anything I do on TV, I'm paid for. I'm one of the few liberals uh, on that network. Um, but uh, just to give you more before we talk more with John Amato, founder of CrooksAndLiars.com, um, our uh, guest today. Uh, Bolton apparently, uh, and this is um, according um, to Caitlin Collins, who covers the White House for CNN. Uh, Bolton found himself isolated from the president, iced out by the chief of staff, barely on speaking terms with the secretary of state. It was an Oval Office clash over the Taliban that led to his ouster today, supposedly. Uh, We don't know uh, more, and we'll let you know more about that. And also, um, more news coming down on the heels of the Bolton firing. The same day that most recent national security advisor was fired by the president, a federal judge is set sentencing for December 8th for the president's first national security advisor, Michael Flynn. And also, NBC News reports that Trump had a list of officials, or has, that he'd like to get rid of before the end of the year. Sounds very much like him, right? Um, after which, which such moves might have a negative effect on his reelection campaign, John Bolton's name was on that list, according what? to AIDS. Um, and uh, John Bolton, uh, you just heard there, said he resigned to Fox News. He said he resigned. The president and others uh, say he was fired. You say tomato, I say tomato. He's out of a job. Actually, he should want to be fired if he wants to collect, right? Uh, John, uh, thank you for holding. Welcome back. John Amato, founder of CrooksAndLiars.com. John, any comments on all of that information that I've just shared? Well, you know, it's following with what we've been seeing all day, which is, um, but but again, it also, I guess they're trying to say the boiling point was the whole Taliban meeting. Could you imagine if President Obama you know, said that he was bringing the Taliban leaders in on the week of the anniversary of 9-11 for, you know, to discuss peace, peace negotiations. What would the entire, I call it the conservarati, the conservative media would have done over this? And the fact, it, it's crazy. And also what's even crazier Wait, 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 John, Trump I want to interrupt. That, wait a minute. I want to interrupt you for a second. Yeah. I agree. 
People were having a near heart attack over Obama wanting to talk to Iran. Never mind specifically a terrorist group. Taliban are a terrorist group. Um, we don't negotiate with terrorists. They, I, the Republicans are so hypocritical on this. It, it, it seriously makes me sick. I, I, I agree with you. It's, the hypocrisy is just incredible. And, you know, what they say one day doesn't really doesn't have any bearing on what they say the next day. It's really it's, it's really just despicable. To, it, it hurts the country really badly, actually, because they have no it, it's almost like they, they, they have no moral center. There's no shame about what they're doing. And um, the fact that, again, to bring in, first of all, you're not even going to get a, a peace deal. You're just going to talk, right? And what, what is Trump going to say? I got some beautiful letter from the, the leader of the Taliban. But to actually then tell the American people that he proposed this meeting, but he canceled it because they killed an American soldier um, in, in an attack. I, I don't know. For, for him, the way I look at Trump is everything is sort of dictated what he does as a photo op and a photo opportunity and getting promotion and press. Since he had such a bad August and it's continued through, I mean, just maybe to change the topic, he admitted it. But I, I don't it, – it, it really – it's hard to compute what he thinks he was doing. I agree. I agree 100 um, percent. So much to talk about with this. Um you know, what without Bolton on his team, using him in the bargaining position, perhaps having given uh, a psychological advantage over foes like Iran and North Korea, speaking not just to Iran and, and North Korea, but to the Taliban, terrorists, Russia, anybody else out there who most of us perceive as enemies, uh, not as friends, what does this signal uh, with regard to Trump and specifically this person? Well, again, it, it shows first the lack of understanding of any real foreign policy um, and, and its effect on the country and the world. And I think there's a report also, I don't know if it was in the New York Times, that said like that, that Russia wanted to attend the meeting um, with the Taliban and Trump. I mean, what is like it, again, it's 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 crazy the influence that people from Russia have on this administration. But um, I, I again, I, I I don't know. Maybe he thought it was a good idea because it is the anniversary of nine eleven to bring the Taliban here. I, I it's it's incredible to to try to even fathom his thinking on why he thought that was a good idea. Oh my God! And and to bring them here on our soil for crying out loud, we have people in Guantanamo. We don't want to even imprison people that we consider guilty who haven't had a trial on our own soil. It, it amazes me. I mean, you know, there are various reports. I shared one from CNN. The New York Times is reporting that tension between uh, Bolton um, and Secretary of State Bolton and the President as well. Um, have been present throughout the entire tenure of Bolton, and it reached new heights when Trump called off a planned airstrike against Iran and when he met with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un in that demilitarized zone, so that this has been heating up since then. Um, Bolton, we all know, called for bombing Iran in the past. He's publicly condemned North Korea's recent missile test. Trump has brushed them off as insignificant. Bolton has also been an ardent opponent of the U.S. negotiating a peace agreement with the Taliban, arguing that Trump could still fulfill his campaign promise of withdrawing the U.S. troops from Afghanistan uh, without a deal. Um, I, I, I have to say, you know, all of that just shows um, that the president hasn't taken Bolton's advice and Bolton doesn't agree with what the president has done. And Bolton obviously has voiced his opinion with the president. And Donald Trump doesn't like when people don't agree with him. 
No, absolutely. I mean, you know, Bolton has a really shaky past and uh, in his own foreign policy um, in his field. And, and you know that he hated this whole lovey-dovey thing that Trump is going on with Kim Jong-un. It, it, first of all, that in itself is a, is a national embarrassment. I mean, the idea that Trump shared the stage with Kim Jong-un with our flag next to the Korea, North Korea's flag, it was just despicable just for a photo op. Um, and then now, of course, well, you know, for a while, Trump said, well, everything's going great. Look, he stopped, you know, he stopped testing missiles. And then when he tests missiles, ah, you know, it's not the real missiles that we lie, you know, that we, that are banned. I mean, it just, it, it's odd. You can see Bolton's hair. I, I remember I wrote an article about Bolton on the Sunday talk show, and he just basically said, look, I'm just the messenger. I'm not the person. You have to ask Trump, you know, because it's so embarrassing if you have any shred of decency and know the world. I mean, who would do that? And and it's the United States president that was doing it. Um, but then on Iran, yes, uh, Bolton. I mean, he's all for force and regime change. And um, look, look, look what's happened in the Middle East because of Dick Cheney and all these guys that decided um, it was great. You know, it was a good idea to attack a country, Iraq, that didn't attack us. So um, he was a very weird choice in a lot of ways. Um, for Trump to pick, but again, they're both. You know, Trump loves torture. He's admitted that, and and since you know, he, I, Trump often joked that there isn't a war that Bolton wouldn't want to start. So he knew. Well, the other the other thing is uh, being being at Fox. I got to say, like you know, the whispering in the hallway was that you know Bolton lobbied for that heavily, heavily. Oh, I, I can imagine because now he had a chance with a person that is that has no interest in learning anything new, that has no interest in daily briefings, that that says he, he rules by his gut, that has his ideas, he, you know, he you know that he uses on trade and on deficits and on everything are like fifty, sixty years old. I, it, this he probably thought this was a great opportunity that he'd be able to really influence. Uh, foreign policy in such a way that it could be much more aggressive than it ever has before. Uh, agree, a hundred percent. This past week, apparently, Bolton was waging a last-minute battle. I got to say, I agree with Bolton on the Taliban thing here. Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, you know, I think he was right on that. He spent much of the last week waging a last-minute battle to prevent Trump from signing off on a peace agreement with the Taliban militant organization. Bolton vehemently, vehemently disliked it. Um, he, he said um, the deal that was being prepared to be finalized uh, with the president was wrong and then further wrong uh, to invite Taliban leaders to Camp David. Now, we know that Trump ultimately did scrap the plans for the Camp David meeting. Uh, he said yesterday that talks with the Taliban were now dead, uh, but he clearly was irritated by Bolton. Bolton was also feuding with Pompeo, and uh, I guess uh, Trump has picked Pompeo over Bolton in a sense. Uh, Bolton saw um, his job it was to stop Trump from making unwise agreements with America's enemies. Um, John Bolton was national security advisor only for the last 17 months. Um, uh, but some people say there have been uh, no bad deals. Do you think there have been no bad deals in the past 17 months? 
Oh, my God. Yeah, we don't have enough time to, to go over that. But you know what's also – listen, I don't think um, any American would complain if a U.S. president, their administration, tried to talk to an, an enemy and, and, and on a peace deal and try to make things better. But, to, but you have the whole world stays to do that. You know, I mean, you know, you can pick wherever location. That's why you send your envoy in, and then you have high-level negotiations. But, I mean, to bring people that, you know, helped orchestrate in Harvard bin Laden uh, to the, you know, the greatest terrorist attack on our, our U.S. soil since Pearl Harbor is, is uh, it's mind-boggling. Uh, let's go to another story uh, before we run out of time here, John. Um, uh, there was an exclusive from CNN that the U.S. extracted top spy uh, from uh, Russia in 2017. It's a previously undisclosed secret mission that back in 2017, we, the United States, successfully extracted from Russia one of its highest level covert sources inside the Russian government. Uh, that's multiple Trump administration officials uh, with direct knowledge told CNN. A person directly involved in the discussion said that the removal of the Russian was driven in part by concerns that President Trump and his administration repeatedly mishandled classified intelligence and could contribute to exposing the covert source as a spy. Uh, that The decision to carry out that, extra, that extraction occurred soon after a May 2017 meeting in the Oval Office in which Trump discussed highly classified intelligence with Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov and then Russian Ambassador to the U.S. Sergei Kislyak. Uh, the intelligence concerning ISIS in Syria had been provided by Israel. John? Yeah, if this is a, you know, a mind-boggling story. But, you know, Trump, uh, just to, you know, Trump has been attacking the entire intelligence community since he was running. And the idea, I remember, we all remember when this happened because Israel, Israel was just furious that, that he divulged classified intelligence. And then just his behavior in general, where you have Michael Flynn, who hopefully will get a nice long sentence, is, you know, they're talking to the Russians before they're, you know, uh, sworn into office. They're, this whole, I don't know what it is. Um, you know, that's why there's so much speculation about Trump and Putin and Russia, because his behavior is so, like, weird um, and, and deferential and subservient to, to Vladimir Putin that even, um, you know, I wrote an article once, you, you know who David Brody is from the Christian Broadcasting Network. I mean, when yep. Trump was, like, defending Putin when they had a joint press conference in Helsinki, and David Brody was even angry and called it uh, Trump's Helsinki moment. And um, it's, it's so if I'm the intelligence community and I'm watching the U.S. president do these kinds of things, do have private meetings, have, have no, no notes, everything's a secret, I would be uh, really worried about if we actually have an asset in, in, Krem, in the Kremlin that uh, how could you trust this man to keep secrets? And um, I think it was very smart for the CIA to pull that asset out. Um, I, I want to, you know, talk about the, you know, CIA director at the time. It was Mike Pompeo. He's now our secretary of state. He told other senior Trump administration officials that too much information was coming out regarding the covert source uh, known as an asset, um, that the extraction or exfiltration, uh, as such an operation is referred to by intelligence officials, um, was an extraordinary remedy when U.S. intelligence believes an asset is in immediate danger. In other words, Mike Pompeo knows where the bodies are buried, if you will, and still became Secretary of State and still is loyal and brown noses this president. 
Yes, he does. And today, when he did his press briefing, again, he was, you know, denying the story at CNN. Um, and then, um, you know, I, I, the, you know, today, uh, the highest-ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, uh, Doug Collins, was on Fox basically claiming that CNN was disloyal and that they should be investigated on this story. And and nobody else, uh, you know, you haven't heard the, the, the Trump administration um, refute that. Now I have a feeling they are going to open up investigations on that story. But uh, it, it is really troubling and um, – and uh, thank God, in a way, we just lost a huge asset, right, that's been supposedly there for 10 years, actually being able to take pictures off of Putin's desk. Uh, maybe it was somebody like Trump's secretary that he just fired. <laughs> but, Good point. John, it's, uh, time flies. We're glad to have you with us. Uh, John Amato, folks, uh, like I said, he is founder of CrooksAndLiars.com. They're an award-winning site for progressive news and media criticism. Check them out. I get a lot of stuff from them. Very helpful. As a matter of fact, my old buddy, Alan Colmes, who passed away uh, years ago, um, good friend of mine, turned uh, me on to them. CrooksAndLiars.com, C-R-O-O-K-S-A-N-D-L-I-A-R-S.com. And please follow John on Twitter at John Amato, J-O-H-N-A-M-A-T-O. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love.